Three shots, four part, I just do two. One pup, pop four, birdie, woohoo. New driver, info, replace, M2, pop five, fairway, what you finna do? Think I'll try to get on into Start right, good line, good view, it drew. Shoot him, make Gavin, two thumbs that's up high and two fingers pointed. The green jacket is going north of the border. Mike Weir has won the Masters. Sometimes these part three green look like an island. I punch and I keep it on dry land. At least I'm a try man. I up with the five and might use the trap man. I got a chat man. I think a boss be rated that batsman. Welcome to On the Screws podcast. Olympic wrap up, kind of. We've, we're halfway through the women's 13 off tomorrow. Um, so hopefully next time we chat, Bryce, we can kind of touch on them a bit. Uh, Elena Sharp and Brooke Henderson in the field. And uh, yeah, I just thought it'd be good to kind of hop on, get a quick chat in about the Olympics. And then following this chat, we've got a, a really cool chat with another Canadian company called Siren Golf, um, spelt S-Y-R-O-N, pronounced Siren. Um, really, really cool gear. Like they've got gloves, towels, a couple things coming out in their line. So I'll drop a timestamp below. Anybody who's uh, tuning in for that and doesn't want to listen to us talk about the Olympics, I'll drop a, a timestamp below and we can uh, we can fast forward you to that. But uh, how are you doing, Bryce? How are things? I'm doing good. I'm just going to kill this fly flying on me, but I'm uh, <laughs> doing well. Um, didn't get to watch as much as I would like to just with the whole time change and uh, things going, but I definitely tuned in on my phone a lot. I watched a lot of the replays and it was good golf. I mean, they tore that course apart. You called it. Uh, well, I guess we both called it. I said between 17 and 19, and you said 21 and 23, I think. But. Yeah, like I actually, I think it was Friday. The, the the scores like spiked a little bit. Um, I know the rough is like really deep, which uh, I mean, I don't know. It didn't look as bad as like playing in some of the, you know, North American courses, but I didn't mind it. Um, I thought it was good golf, and I think – like we could fast forward or rewind the tape and go back to last week. I'm pretty sure you might've actually said minus 18. And I thought that they would have crept into the twenties a little bit, but Xander Shoffley wins gold for the United States of America at minus 18. So, um, that was obviously like, we're both big Xander fans. You roll the same putter as him. Like we talk about him quite a bit. He's changed up his putting grip and whatnot lately. But I think like the story of the tournament was Rory Sabatini Sunday. Uh, shooting fire in, I think it was 10 under 61. Uh, I think it was playing at 71. Um, and, and secure second place. Like that was their uh, silver medal. Um, so that was pretty cool. And I don't know if you got to watch any of that round, Bryce. I didn't see a whole lot of it, but like a lot of the players love the guy and, you know, he's a bit of an older guy. Like he's been around for a while. So it was kind of cool to see him, uh, him compete and go low. He, he was pushing. Like I know, Shoffley, I think, had to make a six-footer on, on 18 to, to win yeah. the gold. Yeah. And uh, that was a new Olympic record, too, which is kind of cool. I mean. The 61 was? Yeah. Yeah, like, that's course records in a lot of spots, right? Like, that's a pretty awesome round. So so good for him. And then we had CT Pan. There was a seven-player playoff for bronze medal, which was pretty oh, cool. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, – I got them written down here. So Paul Casey, Hideki Matsuyama, Roy McIlroy, Sebastian Munoz, Mito Pereira, Colin Morikawa and uh so they played they would kind of you know play it out I think the first round was pars went through and then you know so on and so forth and CT Pan ended up uh taking the the bronze down which is pretty incredible because that was uh it it was cool just to see like that many players kind of well yeah and like in a in a standard golf tournament it's just kind of like okay the tournament's over unless it's the top two like we saw a few weeks back with like 
Um, there was like an 11 hole playoff or something. I can't remember the event, but like they're playing for something, still trying to play for a bronze for their country, yeah, right? Cool. So it was it was pretty cool to see, and uh, I don't know, just a little bit more. Uh, I guess spirit to the event. Now, one thing I wanted to get your opinion on Bryce is um, all over social media right now, they talk about like, should the Olympics be like a team format? Should it be set up like more of like the Ryder Cup, President's Cup, have a vibe like that kind of? What what do you think? Uh, like, do you think that it could benefit from like kind of changing from a standard stroke play event? No, personally, I don't. I mean, it'd be cool to watch and stuff, but I mean, Countries would struggle, man, because even if they have one stud who's in the Olympics and they have their second guy who could just bring them down, you know, like I don't, I can't think of an example on the top of my head, but I mean, and look at the U.S. They had four guys in it. How like how is that gonna be? How is that gonna work? I guess they'd push it back to having every team have the same amount of guys, but then you'd have one weak weak link with the smaller countries, and maybe it might bring them down. And just I don't know if, if they'd find a way to make it fair amongst all the countries. Yeah, it would be really tough because. Like you said, it would leave out a lot of, like, some countries have, like, really elite golfers. We could go back through the list and, like, you would find, like, one, like, really good player. And you're right. They would have another good player to represent the country, but it might kind of limit their ability to play team events. So the only thing I thought is if they could generate, like, what about, like, a scramble or something like that or, like, a best ball format where... You know, it would promote high scoring. It's typically going to do better even for the bigger countries, but... Like we saw here, the biggest country, they have four entrants and their Xander Shoffley wins, right? So I just feel like it might get people more engaged. I'm kind of on, on, uh, I'm okay with it. I just don't know exactly how they would make it work. So it didn't create such like a vast difference in the competitive nature of the different courses, right? So, or the yeah, different don't countries. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'd be totally, I'd watch it for sure. I think it'd be great. I just don't know how it would work, is kind of my opinion on it. Yeah. I think. Well, there's four years now to find out and see if it possibly like it was successful. There was lots of good play and uh, lots of good players went, um, you know, unfortunately with COVID, it kind of set back a few players. A lot of players didn't want to go. Um, like Paul Casey said, he kind of has no time for players who don't want to go represent their country. And we see that a lot with like North American countries and whatnot. Um, it's just not as, you know. Maybe maybe the athletes aren't as invested in their country as some like European countries or or whatever wherever it may be. Um, but well, I think you, uh, Rory's uh, message, how he was saying like he didn't really not that he didn't have time for the Olympics, but he just said he wasn't really excited. He has more to worry about, like more to focus on and stuff. And then after he was like, I think he had a quote saying like, I don't know what I was thinking. Like that was amazing, a great experience kind of thing. And I apologize for like offending anyone i don't know if that ever went public or if that was ever true but i just remember reading some on instagram about it well yeah and like downplaying the olympics has kind of always been a thing for professional athletes like we see it everywhere like baseball hockey stuff like that like players don't want to play and whatnot and then you've got a guy like alex ovechkin who just signed like another five or six million or six year deal with 9.5 million dollars a year so he'll be playing until he's gordy howe's age but uh he has said like he would set out an NHL season to play for gold for Russia, which is just, you know, so some European countries and whatnot, I just feel like sometimes they have a bit of a different connection with their country or a little bit more, uh, not, I don't want to say loyalty. It's just more like, um, standards, I guess to play, but, uh, yeah, so this week coming up, we've got, uh, I thought we would quickly chat about the WGC FedEx St. Jude. 
TPC, Southwind, Memphis. Um, one of the things we were just quickly chatting about when we were uh, kind of just prepping a little bit was the power ranking. So I mentioned that uh, Brooks is Brooks is number one, which I don't completely disagree with. I think there's a couple players. I think right now Jordan Spieth and Colin Morikawa probably should be one, two, and then maybe Brooks right there. Um, but I don't mind it being number one. Uh, Jordan Spieth, number two, and then Daniel Berger, number three. So that was kind of an interesting one. And the first thing you said was, well, like, what's his past history there? And he's won two of the last four events that he's played there. So I, I get it. He obviously knows the course well. It, it fits his eye. And um, some big names, though. Like, we got Louie in there, Morikawa, Fitzpatrick, Scheffler, Victor Hovland, Roy McElroy, and Justin Thomas. That rounds out the top 11. Justin Thomas in this field of 66, small field, condensed field, is number 11, which is something crazy to think about. Webb Simpson, Billy Horschel, Answer, Shoffley at number 15, which shocked me coming off of a gold medal. But did those come out before the gold medal? No, like these would just be typically these get posted. Like I'm just looking on PGATour.com. Like typically these get posted on the Tuesday or Wednesday before the event. So he would have already won. Um, cause they even write that in here. Got to cut him some slack after winning gold at the Olympics. Um, it's just the highest finish that Shoffley has had at any of the TPC events is, or the WGC events is a T6. Um, so that was at Southwind last year. So, you know, we're always talking about Shoffley almost every week. He comes up and how he's such a, you know, always kind of there needs that win to get him through. So hopefully the confidence of being, you know, a gold medal athlete now or a gold medal champion will kind of get him to that next tier. Cause you know, we talk about the top four right now, or even if you put bricks in a conversation, like Shoffley is there. It's just, there's a bit of a gap. And, and even at times, like I feel like DJ is kind of falling into that second tier lately too. Right. But yeah, well, uh, um, I just went back to his normal putting stroke. Well, his older one, he's not arm locking anymore. Well, I didn't see it in the Olympics. So no, he got rid of it. Yeah, so I don't know if that made a difference in his game for the Olympics or what, but I just noticed he's putting, he's still putting cross-handed, I believe, but he's not, yeah. he doesn't have the longer arm locks anymore. So that's, that's so like, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think he only had it for maybe two weeks, three weeks, maybe. Yeah, he, he's dabbled with it now for, it's been a few, it's been a few weeks. Like it's been over a month, I think, since you and I first talked about it. Yeah, maybe. But, like we talked about him being the ninth best putter in the world in total strokes before gained putting, right? Right. That was before arm lock. That's the, I think. Yeah, yeah. And then he adjusted it. So I remember posting uh, just like an Instagram poll on that and like thinking, you know, is this a good idea, a bad idea? Always can improve on it. And a lot of people thought that it wasn't a terrible idea. And I thought, you know, if you're ninth best in the world and you think you can get better by doing something different, then try it. But taking it to like a professional event, like he played it, he played it the. He had it in the U.S. Open, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's where it's just kind of like one of those things that I feel like it would take an extreme amount of uh, patience and practice to get to the point of where you wanted to bring it to like a PGA Tour level event. But um, yeah. yeah, I just wanted to, uh, to touch on Corey Connors because I feel like he's getting no love here at uh, at number 17 on these rankings. So, um again, just such a – he's always there, right? And he played really well, finished uh, – 13th in the Olympics. Um, 
I don't remember what his rounds were, but I know Mac Hughes kind of fell off on the final day on the Sunday, shot a 75 or a 76. He fell to 50. So that was pretty disappointing because they both started pretty well. Um, but Corey Connors right there, just outside the top 10. And then uh, Brian Harmon, Phil Mickelson, and Sergio. So a couple of the older guys run out the top 20 in the WGC. So I got uh, I got Louie this weekend. He's going to win one. You know, I think you're uh, – I th- I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pick the same guy. I think we're going to see Louis win because if he wins, like he's in the conversation for Player of the Year, um, especially if he wins like a bigger event like the WGC. Because like I know Spieth, like right now it's Spieth and Morikawa, um, but like Louis, Louis like second place, so second place, second place, second place. Like it's just every every single week, right? So I think if I'm going off of this. Um, I think I'm going to go Victor Hovland. Like, Victor Hovland's due. He's been kind of, you know, progressing, but he like he hasn't won since he played the uh, Mayakoba Classic. So I think that was the start of the year, end of last year. So I believe that was his last win, and I think he's due. So I'm going to go Victor Hovland. Love Victor Hovland. All right, Bryce. Well, thanks. This was a great little chat. Um, I was able to have Evan Clark. He is the founder of Siren Golf, uh, just located in Guelph, Ontario. Um, for anybody listening, they've got some great looking products. We're going to pair up with them, do a little giveaway, and uh, connect some people with the pod with them and get some of their uh, their gear out on the course because it is uh, it's kind of like a, a higher end fashion. I said they had towels, gloves, a couple other things coming out in their lines. So. Have a listen to the chat. Okay, I'm here with Evan Clark, founder of Siren Golf. So Siren, S-Y-R-O-N, but pronounced like siren, like on the cop cars kind of thing, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. Perfect, perfect. How are you doing, Evan? Good, yourself? I'm doing well, thanks. I'm doing well. Thanks for hopping on. I know uh, we connected a little while back. Um, you had connected with a friend of mine, Golf with Greg, who I uh, play with regularly, so... I said, uh, let's get you guys on the podcast, hear the story. So um, maybe just give anybody listening an idea of what, uh, how you guys kind of created. I know you and your brother are involved in it, how uh, Siren Golf was created. And uh, yeah, yeah, just kind of roll with it, go from there. Yeah, for sure. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Uh, This is actually my first podcast. So my podcast debut. So thank you. Welcome. Uh, Welcome. I I actually Uh, hear that. I hear that quite a bit. I've I've heard that from... (laughs) at least 10 people or so, which is great because the idea of the podcast is to just build a community, connect players, brands, companies, whatever it is. I just like talking with people about golf. So, For sure. It's funny too, because my younger brother who is involved with Siren, and I'll get into that, but he started a podcast during the COVID, uh, the first lockdown or whatever uh, with a buddy, and he never featured me as a, as a guest. So I was pretty sour about that. Um, so <laughs> Thank you. This is uh, this is my first stab at it. So Welcome. That. Welcome. But yeah. Um, so Siren Golf. So we were just discussing this a little bit earlier, but um, I've worked at a golf course for the last four years. Um, I bartended and uh, for three of those years. And then last summer, I did a summer of grounds crew just because with COVID, there wasn't as many events going on. Um, so working at a golf course, getting free golf. Uh, I've played a lot of golf and I've just noticed like... Um, playing with my buddies and kind of like the accessories and and the apparel and the stuff we were wearing and buying, like it was a little bit more outdated, a little bit more traditional. And what the replacement was because I know there's these alternatives of companies coming out with like really flashy designs. um, We wanted to create something 
that still has a bit of like that creative edge, but is a little bit more like sleek and minimal. Um, so that's why we went with like the plaid, um, the, the paisley, the black paisley and the palm tree, um, as more of like subtle designs just to give that creative edge. So started with the golf gloves, um, and golf towels, um, and we have some new stuff coming next month, but yeah, to sum it up, it's premium accessories for the modern day golfer. I like it. That's uh, and this stuff looks amazing. So like, I definitely like some style on the course as well. Like I have custom head covers and stuff like that. So it's always nice to, uh, I've got some gloves from other companies. It's always nice to have something that you kind of stand out with. Right. So I've said it before, golf can be, uh, kind of stale right like it's we love the game but it can be kind of stale so it's always nice to have you know accessories to make us feel uh a little bit more i don't know independent or just like feel like yourself when you're out on the course right so is that what you is that what you have in the product line right now evan is the uh, glove and towel so we started with the gloves yeah and then we released the towels a few weeks ago two or three weeks ago um and you heard it here first but we got head covers coming uh, in a few weeks as well two three weeks um, and the idea is to get the matching patterns in all of those three product lines um, and kind of if, if the customer is interested to buy it as like a bundle okay. um, to get your towel, glove and head covers uh, as a matching set. So, yeah, that's a pretty that's a pretty cool idea because I know like me, I've got like a cover from like Rawhide. I, I had like I, I got a Bernice Mountain Dog. So I contacted they're a Canadian company at West. Caleb Jeffries, the owner there been on the podcast in the past and he uh he made me one up and it's it's pretty cool so i uh like i've got a whole bunch of different stuff like i've got some stuff from like golf gods or whatever and different things so it's nice to i know like some of my buddies have all the same like cover style head covers and whatnot so it's there's definitely a market for it um i'll definitely uh i gotta pick up some stuff because i know i like the like i like the paisley design and stuff i always wear like flashy shirts to work and whatnot not so much like this blue when i got on today but uh but yeah it's uh it's definitely a cool brand i'm gonna check it out and you guys uh whereabouts are you located evan so i'm in guelph okay. I, uh, I actually just graduated university in april so i finished my four-year undergrad i was studying business at laurier so i was living in waterloo but my uh family home's in guelph so I moved back home um, I'm at the, working at the golf course still, and I started this um, in February or March, kind of with the ideation of getting everything together. And this summer has just been working at the golf course, selling golf accessories, and playing golf. So a lot of golf in my life, and honestly, it's uh, it's not a bad thing. But yeah, I'm in I'm in golf right now. Me too. Like I I golf as much as I can, not as much as I would like to, but as much as I can. I try to get out a few times a week still. So. Yeah you mentioned like the ideology behind it and like how you guys um, like your brother's involved, you mentioned earlier and you wanted to start the company for a reason to like have some cooler accessories and be a little bit more personable on the course. But what was like that moment where you're like, okay, I think I'm going to like, I'm going to make this a thing. Like what was, what was that time like for you? Uh, I think dating back, like, to January, February, I, I've had some experience in the past with, um, some like e-com brands, um, and social media accounts. So I've had, I've been exposed to like kind of what the steps are like building like out that brand, um, before. So I think it was when I saw in February, like something came across my feed on Instagram and I think it was like shirts. Um, and I knew that I was looking for another industry to get into, um, 
previously I was selling jewelry and I just wasn't as passionate about it. Um, and I ended up kind of like closing up that shop. And when I saw the golf shirt, I knew I could apply it to some other accessories as well. Um, and that was like that, when that moment kind of clicked for me, uh, would have been in like that February. And I just hopped on like creating the logo, getting the designs, like hashing out the idea. I had like 28 different designs, um, that I was sending to friends and family. Like, what do you like? What do you like? And the black one was actually like, not the black Baisley one was never like a hit right off the bat with friends. Um, but I stuck with my gut and it's been the best selling one. So props to me, I guess. On that one. <laughs> uh, but, um, but yeah, so I guess it was like around that time, I, I just knew that golf would be a good place for me to go. I had some of the, the knowledge, um, to building out a brand. Um, but now I could apply it to like a, an area of my life that I'm actually like super passionate about. Right. Yeah. Golf is absolutely booming here in Canada. So I'm just a couple hours East of you, maybe not even. So 5 million rounds played in Canada last year. Like the, the amount of golfers yeah. or 5 million golfers in Canada last year, like the amount of golfers now compared to even like 10 years ago is it's crazy. Our courses, as you would know, would be the same. They're full all the time, especially on weekends. Um, but <laughs> You and uh, you and your brother have a uh, little match play series going, so maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we started thinking like, okay, we want to one sell like a great product with cool designs, but we also want to like build somewhat of a community around like content, right? And actually like give something for people to consume on a daily basis or weekly basis. So Teagues and I, my younger brother, shout out Teagues, uh, good golfer. We've always played um, after work and put a lot of rounds in together, but we decided like might as well just start filming some of it um it's me filming his shots and him filming my shots so it's a little like time consuming when you're actually out there on the course so we've just been doing mini series for now three holes at a time i came away with the week one win and he bounced back in one week two and we actually just played today so i'll be editing that one uh and trying to get it out there i can't say any of us or either of us played the best but uh it was definitely entertaining and uh yeah people have to check the Instagram account out for match three. I like it. Cause I've, uh, I've tried to do like some course vlogging and stuff and it is very difficult. Like those kids from good, good, like are absolutely amazing. I don't know how they can get around in. And I know they've got actual like video record, like they've got like a video team with them and whatnot. But, uh, we were kind of talking about that because, uh, I have to mention, I almost had a hole in one on a par, a par four, 345 yards, <laughs> number five, number five at Dundas. So, uh, on my birthday, but, um, almost doesn't count. Yeah. Yeah. Number, uh, yeah. doesn't count only in horseshoes and hand grenades or whatever and scramble tournaments, I guess. But, uh, yeah, so it was, uh, it was pretty cool. Like a buddy of mine actually that was in the group with us, I, I kind of started vlogging it a little bit at the start and I like chipped in on the hole before for birdie. It was like a 240 yard, hit, like par three uphill. I was like 20 yards short and I chipped in on that hole, um, for birdie. And like, at that point I was, uh, three under through three or four, whatever it was through three, I guess. And then, uh, yeah. So on the next team, my buddy's like, do you want me to take a video of your swing? And I said, no, I was like, no, nah, don't worry about it, Kirk. It's all right, man. It's, it's good. Like it's taken up a lot of time or whatever. Yet the tournament was slow. The guys were still on the green. I took my shot and I guess they were just kind of making their way off. And, uh, yeah, so pretty cool. I, uh, yeah. had to tell that story at least one time every week on the podcast, I'm sure until one goes in, but, um, that is what you need though. Like to your point, like if you had someone kind of walking around, like filming, actually yeah. just playing, like that probably just helps with like 
one, like the golf flow, like you're just in like a state of rhythm or whatever. Like you don't have to break up each shot by filming. Um, but it is funny. Like for me, when I was, that was the first time I've ever been filmed. Like I've never had my buddies like take a picture, like of my swing. So just looking back at like video, it's like, okay, I I watch enough golf that like, I know the areas that I want to like improve on, like as far as like correcting the swing and you don't, you never really know what you're doing until you actually see it from behind the camera. So I just encourage like beginner golfers or even intermediate golfers, like take a few seconds and get someone to like, just take a quick video of, uh, of your swing. Um, it will point out a lot of things like right away that you may have not known you were doing. And it's like little adjustments you can make, uh, whether it's like a little slight more uh, rotation in the hips or whatever it is, but like, yeah, it, it's more uh, apparent when you can get it on video. Well, because sometimes we'll like uh, a buddy of mine. Um, he actually listens to this on the way into work. Uh, he says it all the time. He um, hits a good shot, and then he doesn't know what he did to hit the good shot. So he's probably like a he's a bogey golfer, like floats in around ninety to a hundred or so, and and um, a very very honest golfer. So he says the same type of thing. Like when I hit a good shot, I don't know what I did to hit a good shot. So I'll tell him like. I'll be setting up with him. I'll say, Hey Curtis, like we're in the scramble tournament. Like let's play the ball over the right side of the green. And he's, he's just like, no, like I'm just going to hit the ball. Hopefully it goes where it goes and, uh, and we'll work it out from there. But, um, we're, we're just kind of rolling into the, into the Olympics right now, Evan. So I don't know if you're following much of it, but like, I know Bryson and John Rom just both tested. Well, John Rom again, tested positive for COVID. So he's not going to be there, but have you had any thoughts on the Olympics? You guys following that at all? I saw a picture of Cameron Smith on Instagram today rocking the Australian visor. And that was the first like piece of golf related to the Olympics I saw. Yeah. I like that look a lot. So I, Cam Smith, Cam Smith, sorry. Yeah. And, uh, the visor, I voted for the visor for sure. And who was he golfing with? Was it Leishman? Yeah. So he's golf with, uh, with Leishman. Yeah. And, um, they're the two Aussies in the field, um, right now. And, uh, he looks like he, so for anybody who hasn't checked it out, go over to Instagram, flip open like anything, any page, you're going to see a photo of it. Cause he's got a visor on with his mullet. And then he's got what looks to be like Lance Armstrong's like yellow bib or Jersey or whatever they call it from like the tour de France. Like those guys look amazing right now. So I think, oh, yeah. yeah, I think he's got Oz like a U S like in like buzzed in the side of his head. So yeah. Yeah. Like he, that guy's got, he, he's got game too right so and he likes that kind of stage so like i'm definitely a huge cory connors and uh mac Hughes fan yeah. so mac Hughes is kind of out near your area well same with cory connors but uh yeah i would like to see both of those guys do well and um yeah it's cool brooke henderson alina sharp so i think it'll be a lot yeah. of fun to watch the olympics i just kind of wanted to see if you guys were tuning in at all but i do have to ask you and i prepped you for it your dream foursome i'm gonna let you go shortly but i gotta find out your dream foursome all right yeah no and I appreciate you giving me the heads up because that's a difficult question, right? Especially it is. Especially when you said that it doesn't have to be golfers. It can be um, anybody so. you want, right? So, like, I've asked this question, and the first person I asked without giving them a heads up was uh, Rebecca Lee Bentham. She's a pro, uh, female pro golfer. She's played on the LPGA. Um, she's on the road to LPGA this year. And she came on right after the U.S. Open, and I asked her, and she was just like, Oh no. And so we edited some parts out, we fixed it up, but, uh, yeah, it, it kind of made me think, you know what? I love this question. We learned so much about guests this way, but I got to give you a heads up at least. 
For sure, yeah. And because I guess, like, the, the initial response is, like, hey, you want to play with, like, Tiger or, like, even, like, MJ, right? Like, right. those guys are gamers. Um, but I was giving it more thought, and I would go more towards, like, the non-golfers because I would, like, want to, like, just have that conversation and get out with a round of golf with these people. So I would go with, um, I would say Matthew McConaughey would be okay. one of those. All right, um, all right, all right. And I think, okay. all right, all right, all right. Yeah. He played golf as well. Him and his brother yeah. played in high school, and I think him or his brother played in college as well. I've seen, um, like, stories pop up of him, and, like, I think he was pretty much a scratch golfer at one point, so that sounds, yeah, that sounds that's accurate, right. yeah. That's what I heard as well, so that would be good. Get a few points from him. So I would go with um, Matthew McConaughey. I would go with John Mayer. Uh, I play guitar as well. I'm a big John Mayer fan, uh, and he just seems like a really interesting dude. Um, and then for the fourth guy, I would go with, this one was a toss up. I'm going to go with Justin Timberlake. Okay, man. This is a good looking group. You are, you guys aren't going to get much golf and Don, like you're going to have the paparazzi and yeah, you're going to have a bunch of, you know, females following you guys around, but, uh, JT's a, yeah, he's a golfer too, man. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Between like Timberlake and McConaughey, there's like there's some skill there. I don't know John Mayer if he golfs or not, but I think that's like it covers enough ground. You got like the actor, the musician. Like there's a lot of uh, different walks of life coming in, and yeah. those are those are because I was thinking of like guys that I kind of I look up to the way that they like carry themselves and and live like an interesting life. So I would say just to try to be a little unorthodox with my answer here and not pick just the standard golfers. I like it. My dream for some. John Mayer's really tall, isn't he? Yeah. Like, yeah, he's a tall guy. I feel like, I, I don't know why, I feel like he's like six foot six or something. Like, he's really tall. So, if he gets a hold of one, that's all you need is a guy in a scramble team, get a bunch of swing speed and, <laughs> and get you out there, right? So, that's pretty yeah. cool. I like that. But, uh, Evan, we are, um, I was talking to you earlier, so we've got a little uh, sponsorship here by Triple Bogey Brewing. So I know you're familiar with them, as a lot of us are. And uh, we have what is called the Swing Oil Segment. So hydrated by Triple Bogey Brewing. I'm just going to roll through a couple questions, fire fire an answer. doesn't have to be a lot of thought, and, uh, and then I'll be able to let you go. Um, Evan Clark, founder of Siren Golf. I'm pronouncing that right again? That's right. All right. So, have you ever had a hole-in-one? I have not. Okay. Still on the hunt. I like it. And I'm like, I think my closest one's still like a foot. Like, I'm not even coming like within inches. So, I got some work to do. Hey, a foot is within inches. There's That's within, yeah, that's uh, yeah it's within inches in golf, my friend. Um, lowest round to date? Uh, 74. Nice round. And, nice round. And that's like... Uh, that's rare. That's very rare. Like I would say I'm slotting myself at like a, I'm like a 13 point something handicap. So the 74 was a really good round for me. It's uh, everything was going right that day. You found it. You found it. Uh, yeah. Most triple bogeys consumed in 18. Maybe it was the same day. Most triple bogeys consumed like the beer. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, funny. well, yeah. Or, or triple yeah, bogeys, but I figure we'll go with the beer. The beer, um, yeah, uh, playing with some of my buddies, they can they can push it pretty hard. So I would have to be somewhere around like the probably a eight. Wow. Okay. Mark, All right. Eight or nine. Yeah. They, Impressive. They can go hard. They like having fun out there. Yeah. Um, the. I don't know if you know Laysod Golf. So they're a company actually out here in Bowmanville where I am, and Mike. 
pretty little guy, but uh, he was floating around the high teens. So he is probably never going to lose that title of the most triple bogeys consumed in 18 holes. Uh, <laughs> best uh, best golfer in the Siron family. Siren family. Siren. Sorry, I'm looking yeah, at no, no. I'll have to go with uh, my younger brother, T. It pains me to say it, but he is uh, he's playing better golf than me right now, so I have to be honest. For now, for now. If we have you back on the future, we got to change that answer, though. Yeah, and uh, sure. always like to feature your uh, favorite course. Um, this summer, I played Rocky Crest up north okay. um, in Muskoka on Lake Joseph, and I really enjoyed it. So I'd go with I'll go with that. Yeah, I think I'm I... S- the... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I actually... I spent some time in Whistler, and I was really looking forward to playing uh, Nicholas North. Uh, I walked the course, but never... It was right at the end of the season. I was waiting for a buddy to come out, and the time didn't align. Okay. Um, so I'll have to check that out again sometime. But yeah, in, in Ontario... Um, uh, Rocky Crest, really nice track. Yeah, I haven't uh, I haven't played out there yet. Like I've played a couple of nice courses. I'm playing Deerhurst in a couple of days. Um, going out and playing the Toronto Club with hopefully Mike from TXG in the next little while. Um, so really looking forward to some of those clubs. There's a really nice one out here, Black Bear, that I talk about all the time. So always nice to feature some of the nice Canadian courses, especially in this area. A lot of our viewership is kind of in the GTA area, so it's always nice to kind of ask that question. But that is the Swing Oil segment with evan clark founder of siren golf um evan how can we get a hold of you um if anybody wants to ask any questions or see any of the gear check out your social media what's uh what's your handles so siren golf on all handles so that's s-y-r-o-n siren golf um instagram twitter facebook uh check me check it out there um on then my first it's probably easiest check that out there that's where we're posting all the match play series as well so very cool. Tune into that if they're interested as well. All right. And then it's uh, sirengolf.com or sirengolf.com? Siren okay. Yeah. And then for anybody listening, because I have a very Canadian accent, I when listening back to clips, I find I have a very Canadian accent. So it's siren, S Y R O N, golf.com. Okay. Perfect. Right. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate you guys hopping on. Like what you guys are doing. I'm going to check out the match play series myself. Maybe I'll try and do something, feature it with a buddy of mine or something. Uh, I don't know. A lot of my, a lot of my buddies, I'm kind of in the middle. They're either a lot better than me or I am a more advanced golfer than them, but, uh, I'll try and build something, put something together and maybe we can get out for a round sometime. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Thank you very much for having me on. And uh, I hope that we can get like a little package for uh, a giveaway or some sort to your followers. Yeah, let's, uh, yeah let's do something in the future and again if anybody's checking this out head over and check out their page their uh their gear looks absolutely amazing he's out in my ball and of course right here i lose the ball and i rear i miss the fairway i probably end up in the ocean or maybe the beach and i'm on a part five and i'm finna go reach it second was blind i see it feel like it might be an average